You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. Strap in for a brand new episode of 80s Revisited coming right at you in just a second. This week we talk about the fourth, yes that's right, the fourth entry in the Dirty Harry series as we talk about Sudden Impact, directed by Eastwood and released December 9th, 1983, just one week after Michael Jackson's Thriller video aired for the first time, so it was a good time for MTV and music videos and the world as well. And we also talk a little bit about my thoughts on the Beauty and the Beast, uh live action version and also <laughs> Mass Effect Andromeda Always Sunny in Philadelphia and a massive ending involving our picks for Wrestlemania all coming up on 80's Revisited Punk This is 80's Revisited I'm your producer Jesse Sedgley and now your host Trey Harris Go ahead, make my day. Or you could even make my millennium, know what I mean? Thank you, Beetlejuice, for that guest intro. Welcome back, everybody, to our Dirty Hero, Dirty Hero, Dirty Harry <laughs> duo spectacular mini month uh, of Dirty Harry celebrating the two Dirty Harry films of the five that released in the 80s. Here on 80s Revisited, and as always, I'm your host, Dirty Harris. Oh. And my producer, Jesse and Sedgley. Or uh, Sedgley and Wesson. There you go. There you, there go. you go. I got it. I got it at the end. Yes, I there am. There we go. Yeah, but uh, Sudden Impact is the film we'll be talking about today. The second to last of the Dirty Harry franchise. Started in the 70s, uh, blossomed in the 70s, and then died a slow death in the 80s, as we'll talk about the next two episodes. But uh, let's not get too, too far ahead of ourselves as we talk about just about Sudden Impact mainly this week. Uh, it released December 9th, 1983. IMDb, however, says 6.6. Not a bad IMDb score. Rotten Tomatoes, 57% critics, 54% audience, so half and half. 22 million estimated budget opened at 9.6. It opened at number one. Uh, some veterans of the podcast also opened that week. Scarface was number two. You would have been better seeing that one. Uh, and Christine, John Carpenter's Christine, was number four. You'd have been better seeing that one, too. Uh, <laughs> domestically, it went on to grow 67.6. Uh, couldn't find any worldwide information. However, an, an additional 34.8 in rentals, which alone is, that made their budget. I mean, it could have gone direct to video and would have made its budget back. Uh, but anyway, directed by Dirty Harry himself, Clint Eastwood. Mm. Um, just so you know, he has 38... I didn't realize he had this many. He had thirty. He has 38 directing credits on IMDb, which, honestly, I, if I had to guess, I would have guessed, like, maybe 12, 15. Yeah. Honestly, just because I didn't realize he had gotten into it so far uh, so far back, I should say. Jeez. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, but, of course, Clint, if you don't know who Clint Eastwood is, please... Stop this podcast and go watch a Clint Eastwood movie because everybody should know who Clint Eastwood is. Mm -hmm. uh, so that goes without saying. However, if you need some tips, Outlaw Josie Wales, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, Million Dollar Baby, Unforgiven, most recently he directed Sully, didn't star in it. Uh, written by Joseph Stinson, uh, he was un an uncredited screenwriter on Heartbreak Ridge, another Eastwood film. Uh, and the character, that's pretty much all Stinson did. And then the characters uh, by Harry and Rita Fink. Uh, so, but of course, they're just getting credit because they created the Dirty Harry character. Hmm. Uh, I wonder if he named it after himself. 
Harry Fink. Like, oh, my name's Harry Fink, but if I if I was a badass <laughs> and not a not a short fat screenwriter, uh, you know, I, I'd be this this cop, this cop that doesn't take any shit from anybody and stuff like that. You know, a rebel and stuff like that. I can only speculate. I can't say for sure. But uh, he didn't name it. <laughs> maybe it's, it's his it's his fake name. You know, his, his what's he what he wants to be. Uh, you know how that goes. He wants to be a Callahan. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, honestly, after watching all five of these movies the past week, I want to be Dirty Harry. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about the other ones right before, or, you know, as we're getting in into this. But uh, anyway, also starring Sandra Locke as Jennifer Spencer, a.k.a. the flashback queen of the film. Uh, she was also in Outlaw Josie Wales and Every Which Way But Loose, and she was pretty much... Now, just to give you some backstory on Clint Eastwood, he was... I don't know if a philanderer is, like, the right word to call him, but, I mean, he... It was. I mean, he you know he had a lot of uh, relationships. In fact, if you go to his Wikipedia page where it says children, it says und- a number of children. It says undetermined. <laughs> so he he had many paramours in his through his mm. long and very long life that he's had so far, and still with us. Thank goodness. Uh, but this was Sa- Sandra Locke, the female lead of this film, was pretty much the one that kind of made him. So he said to give up his uh, philandering ways for a while. Uh, a while is the key there, because I mean, it's Clint fucking Eastwood. Mm-hmm. I mean, no woman can contain his masculinity, though many have tried. Uh, also starring a veteran of the podcast, Pat Hingle, as Chief Jennings. Uh, of course, the, my personal commissioner, Gordon, being in the uh, Keaton Batman, uh, the two Keaton Batman movies. Uh, and also, most recently, at least on the podcast-wise, would be Maximum Overdrive, uh, where he was the... Uh, Shop owner, if I remember, or the diner owner, if I remember correctly, hmm. from that one. Also, uh, Bradford Dillman was Captain Briggs. No relation to how Holbrook's character in Maximum Impact, however, but he starred in uh, Piranha, Escape from Planet of the Apes, and The Enforcer as a different character from what he's playing in this one. So, he's a veteran of the franchise of Dirty Harry, but different characters each time. Uh, Paul Drack was Mick. Cool last name. Uh, he played uh, a number, like... Thug number one in Beverly Hills Cop and a lot of random TV, and that's pretty much about it for him. Uh, Kevin Major Howard, most people will recognize him. Hawkins in this film, he was the uh, blonde punk in the beginning that uh, Eastwood pretty much jerks, like, chews his shit out in the elevator after losing the uh, case. Uh, Great scene, by the way, but also he was in Full Metal Jacket, that's where I know him from mainly, Uh, an alien nation. Uh, And an uncredited Cameron Manheim from The Practice in Scary Movie 3 as Girl in the Elevator. So good role, yeah. Really, I mean, you got her the job on the practice. Yeah. I mean, that that girl looks terrified of Clint Eastwood. <laughs> she belongs in the practice. Mm. Uh, yeah. So you know, not really like a big big cast. And honestly, with all the with this entire franchise, you know, it's pretty much Eastwood show, obviously, because it's Dirty Harry. But then, uh, you know, you might have a, a face here and there that you recognize, like Pat Hingle or Hal Holbrook and Maximum. Uh, almost said Overdrive, <laughs> Maximum Impact. Uh, and stuff, so you know it's it's these are Eastwood's pieces uh, for the most part. And uh, we talked last week briefly as we, when I mentioned them, this is what we were going to be doing. Uh, and I mentioned I can't remember which ones I had had or had not seen. I definitely saw the first two, which was Dirty Harry the original, and the second one was Maximum Force. I think was this. Let me do- let me double check because they're not numbered, which is why I didn't even know there were five of them until recently. Yeah, Magnum Force, not Maximum, excuse mm-hmm. me. Magnum Force, Dirty Hair Magnum Force, had seen those. Never saw the Enforcer, 
uh, had seen Sudden Impact, and I never saw the Deadpool. So I correct after watching them all, I remembered which ones I had and had not seen. Mm. Uh, so thankfully, I saw the best of the franchise, as oh, we'll talk as we'll prior. talk about in our wrap up next week, ranking those. However, uh, as far as Sudden Impact goes, Jesse, have you have you seen this one? Nope. It's it does not ring a bell, and it it's. Well, as we'll talk about more about next week. Aside from the first one, they all all the Dirty Harry movies are pretty much two hour long episodes of a cop drama mm-hmm. that you would see on TV, and that's not putting them down. They're all, for the most part, well made, well acted. I mean, again, the character Dirty Harry. No one is cooler than Clint Eastwood in the opening of Dirty Harry, where he walks across the street to stop the robbery and you know give the iconic monologue of "Do you feel lucky?" I mean, there's nothing cooler than that. Believe, watch, I'm just, I'm, why is I'm watching, like, God, this, this is the coolest shit. Like, this is the <laughs> coolest man that ever walked the earth. Not that I didn't know that already. It just cemented it and reminded me of that fact. So if you haven't, if you haven't seen the original, watch the first two, and you can skip the rest. Except the Deadpool, which we'll talk about why next week. So that's our little stinger to make you come back and listen to next week's podcast. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so... Uh, as far as sudden impact goes, more people will remember the the most iconic one of the most iconic lines ever spoken by a human being on celluloid. Go ahead, make my day. That was more Ronald Reagan than Clint Eastwood, <laughs> but that the that line from this film is arguably more famous than this movie. You ask somebody to tell you what movie that's from, they're going to say Dirty Harry. Not most people would, I would imagine, because I knew it was a Dirty Harry line. And I knew it was not in the first one because the first one again is the "Do you feel lucky?" Uh, but the arguably the more classic line, "Go ahead, make my day," endlessly parodied and referenced throughout right. pop culture, as we'll get into in the trivia, was actually from the third film in the fran- or fourth film in the franchise, "Sudden Impact." So, uh, you know, somebody thinks they know their movie quotes, ask them what, hey, what's this line from, and see if they get it right. <laughs> Just I mean, honestly, I, before I did this research, I I couldn't tell you the name of the movie. I would have guessed. You know, the Dirty Harry sequel. Because, again, I only thought there were two. <laughs> right, right. Uh, or three. I, I don't remember what, uh, what I remembered. But anyway, five. Yep. That blew my mind. That's why I had to watch them. I'm like, okay, well, t- good time to revisit the series. Since there's two in the 80s, might as well see, you know, catch up. Or refresh my memory and catch up. But anyway, this one's directed by Eastwood. Uh, they're all honestly well done. Again, they're all well-made films. Mm-hmm. This one, and what really stands out about this one is excuse me this is a 70s franchise the first three all took place all were in the 70s and you can tell by just not just the clothes and everything but i mean just the look of the film the way it's shot this one made in 83 however directed by eastwood still feels like a 70s movie Mm. like if if somebody asked me to guess what year this movie was made just in terms of just the visuals and everything just how it shot i would have guessed honestly 70s late 70s uh, and not, let's not say anything good or bad. That's just Eastwood's style at this time. And let me say, he has gotten evolved so much as a director. And yeah. as I'm watching this, I'm just like, God, it's, I can't believe he directed this. Like, there are certain parts I'm just like, I can't believe this is Eastwood, like, wanting to do this because, again, I'm way more familiar with all this current stuff. You know, his Academy Award winning stuff. And, right. He probably know. took what he can get back then. Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, and also to be perfectly honest, I mean, you, you, you see shades of. His style. I mean, you, you definitely see his style in it with the dark lighting, heavy, you know, blackest blacks with, you know, a a, sto- uh, a dominant point in frame. 
mm-hmm. and all you know it, it's well done it's just it doesn't it still it feels like a dirty harry movie because again this is a 70s franchise uh totally different story next week when we talk about the deadpool oh god that's a that might be a two that could be a two-parter with just <laughs> all the, the craziness in that film but we'll get to that next week again but uh upon revisiting this film for honestly this is probably the first time i saw this film where it wasn't on tv uh, so the first time actually watching the full, you know, R-rated film, eh, it's it's meh. I mean, it's it's not good. <laughs> it's not bad. Right. It's not you know. Uh, again, there's nothing really bad about it except again, like a modern movie and like a lot of the movies in the '70s, in my opinion as well. It's about 30 minutes, 20 minutes too long. And the flashbacks, uh, I, I had to start laughing because of course, when I think of flashbacks now in a Nowadays, my when I the first flashback that comes to mind always for me now is Kill Bill. Out of that audio sting every time she flashed back when she saw one of the uh, <laughs> yeah. extermination squad people or whatever. They do this in this film to where every time this woman sees one of the people that raped her, it zo- slow zoom in on her eyes and then flashback <laughs> every time. I'm just like, God, there's like five people she's gonna kill, and it's the, I've got to watch this flashback four more times. <laughs> uh, so. You know, and again, I didn't make this movie. I, I can just watch it and give my opinion on it. So, and that was a little much. Uh, just too many flashbacks. Like, I, after I saw the first flashback, because it was a brutal flashback of a woman and her sister getting raped. Uh, and, you know, 80s were a dark time. 80s were really more violent in terms of film. But the 70s were so much more grittier in terms of, like, the sex and just brutality a lot of the time. Like... And this is again made in '83, but I'm telling you, it's a product of the '70s, hmm. uh, rightfully so, because it, it, you know, I mean, it, it works. Uh, but um, yeah, just um, watching it, you know, you're, I'm thoroughly enjoying every time Eastwood's on the scene, the screen. There's a great chase where he he commandeers a, uh, an old person bus, hmm. and he. But, but the funny thing is, he's chasing somebody on a motorcycle. So there's no way. You can't catch somebody right. on a motorcycle. It's like uh, Action Jackson. Where it's running. <laughs> He's running pace with a cab. <laughs> but you know what? Again, it's a movie. It's Dirty Harry. You know, I'll accept it. And also, the biggest thing, watching these in chronological order, practically back-to-back. I mean, I did double features a couple nights. There's so many tropes that they just repeat. And every, after the first one, every single film repeats these, the same tropes. There's the random crime that Harry comes across in the first... 10 minutes, you know, to have that first action scene. Yeah. Getting coffee, getting a hot dog, just walking across the street talking to somebody, hold on, I hear a robbery. And immediately just, I mean, just, he's always around the crime. It's like, you know. Uh, That's because crime happens everywhere. <laughs> and apparently, <laughs> San Francisco is exceptionally violent. Right. Which we'll talk about more about the relationship between San Francisco and Dirty Harry character next week as well. Uh, Sorry to keep giving you all these teasers for next week, but a lot of stuff's gonna. Next week's gonna be you have to pretty come much back. Exactly, you gotta have you coming back. But next week, since there's only two movies, next week's Back to the Future segment will be pretty much a Dirty Harry retrospective on the whole series. Mm-hmm. So I gotta save some of that great information for that. There's the elevator scene I was telling you about. Like no. again, I mean, you cannot go wrong. This is a. Fa- this is there's Cameron Manheim by the way. Of course, y'all can't see this, but <laughs> we're uh, at the let Jesse know. But I mean, Eastwood is this character is so. Like I have a new appreciation for it just after watching them all, just because of how what the, the evolution of this character. It's, it's honestly in these last two where it degrades the character, and by that I mean there's a great line in uh, Magnum Force, the second one, because that one's about basically some crooked cops 
actually killing criminals, pretty much judge dreading it. And the thing about Dirty Harry is he's like, you know, I might be a little more violent in my methods, but he still operates within the law. He doesn't just go around shooting criminals. They draw on him and they pull the gun. His life's threatened. He pulls his gun and fires. You know, he's not, you know, he, he his lieutenant's telling him, you got to stop with this collateral damage. And he's like, I'm going to do my job. You know I mean? He's butting heads, yeah. but he's, he's and I want to say it was Magnum Force. He has a great speech in there. We're like, they're saying, you got to be one of us, Harry. You need to, you know, we're doing what exactly what you want to do. He's like, I don't remember his exact words, but it's, he's pretty much like, no, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it in the system the right way. And that's a, and that was like, bam, that's the character. He's he's a loose cannon, or he, he's not a loose cannon, but he's just he's just a wrecking ball. Whereas you know, other co- uh, other cops in this department are like, ah, oh, well, don't worry, we'll let we'll catch him down the road. Harry's like, no, I'm going to catch this guy. I'm going to catch him tonight. This is what we're going to do. Uh, you know, he has, he he does his job basically, and you know there is a body count, but I mean, again, he goes and gets coffee, and there's a holdup happening at the coffee place he happens to go to. <laughs> you know, so it's it, he's a he's a trouble magnet. That's just how he operates. But then in this one, this woman that he falls for, also his real life lover at the time, basically it's a vigilante doing what they were doing in Magnum Force, killing people who were criminals. Although she's getting, rev- this is more of a revenge story. She's getting revenge on the people who raped her, but she still goes around and kills them. But then at the end of the movie, where it's basically like the moment where Harry should turn her in, like, sorry, you know, I, I respect what you did, but you know, you you murdered people. You became wor- something worse than. I mean, I'm not going to argue if rape's worse than murder, but I mean, I guess in in terms of <laughs> what happens with the justice system, it legally is worse than rape. Uh, you know, you did something five times worse, literally five, you did it five times worse than what was done to you, although she was trained. So that's an invalid argument. So, I mean, but still five rapes versus five murders. Again, I'm not personally saying, you know, I'm not saying that (laughs) raping is not, is not a horrible, despicable crime, but in terms of the justification in this film is he just, he pretty much says like, nah, that was the criminal's gun. She, that's not her gun. He lets her go. He lets a murderer go at the end of this film, completely against the character that's been set up for the past four and three quarters of films. Yeah. And that's why, like, again, this movie isn't bad, but, like, when it gets to the very end, it's like, that's Dirty Harry wouldn't do that. Like, I know this. I've watched this character. I know yeah. what he does. This is, com- you know, he did, and he did it for love. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's married to this woman in the next ep- in the next one or anything. I mean, it's... It needed a moment where it was just, I understand what you did, but I can't condone your meth how you went right. about doing it, and that that's what that would that would have been the Eastwood thing to do, you know. He then he just walks away. Let the jury decide. Exactly, you know. He and then he appears as a character witness, like you know, just she it's a reduced sentence, whatever. But she murdered people, and Dirty Harry let her go. There's other people. There's numerous bodies piled up in the San Francisco morgue of people that all they did was murder people too, but Dirty Harry. Put him in the ground. Yep. You know, so that threw me for a loop at the end of this film. And that's what I'm talking about, the degradation of the character. And we'll talk about... When you think of Dirty Harry, I I, I mean, even before I rewatched all these, I go, yeah, I think about the iconic scene, you know, go ahead and make my day. Or, do you feel lucky? You know, just badass balls to the wall. I mean, uh, big brass balls. You know, he goes into battle with a six-shooter with people with shotguns and automatic weapons. You know, and then we get, there's going to be a scene that we're going to talk about in detail next week 
where I pretty much lost all respect for Dirty Harry oh, after what happened. And if you've seen the Deadpool, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. One of the most ridiculous scenes in film history. Honestly. Jesse, you should watch it before we... Oh, well. Just before we uh, go over it next week. But, uh, that, again, we'll talk about, I, I, hate, I hate to tease so much, but believe me, after watching all of these, yeah. I'm, I'm most excited to talk about the Deadpool because of, <laughs> of this scene. But uh, we have to stay on target. Sudden imp- Ha-ha, stay on target. Uh, sudden impact this week. But uh, as a whole, again, it's, a, it's not a bad film. But this is... Dirty Harry, the first ones... Well, we'll talk about this next week. But they're definitely... If you look at a graph... They start off good, and then it's a straight line down mm. to the Deadpool at the bottom, where it belongs forever. And although, and I mentioned <laughs> earlier how like, all these movies have like Eastwood, and then like you know he has one or two recognizable faces around him. The Deadpool arguably has the best cast. Liam Neeson's in it, mm. and Jim Carrey, or excuse me, <laughs> James Carrey at that time, right? And Guns and Roses. That's right, Ben in Tasmania. Guns and Roses in the Deadpool. You might have already <laughs> seen it. I don't know, but I was like, holy shit, it's Guns and Roses. <laughs> Uh, cameoing actually like at, uh, we'll talk about next week God. yeah <laughs> sorry but yeah sudden impact this uh, is the, just the prequel to next week <laughs> yeah pretty much this awesome. is setting the stage mm. uh, but uh, anyway some trivia on it and there's some interesting things uh, of the five Dirty Harry movies it was this film as we mentioned before and opened the podcast with that had the, fr- uh, the line go ahead and make my day which immediately this line made this movie famous in the trailer before the movie even came out People who've never mm. seen this film, never seen a Dirty Harry movie, excuse me, know that line. I knew it as a kid before I even watched any of these movies. Oh, for Just, sure. I mean, it was everywhere. And here's some places where it was. Uh, hold on, actually, some history behind the line first. Uh, although you know it was made famous in this film, it was actually used a little differently a year earlier by Gary Swanson in the movie Vice Squad, which nobody remembers. Right. Where he says the line, "Go ahead, scumbag, make my day." Mm. But see, here's the difference. Clint Eastwood didn't say it. All right. <laughs> uh, he well, cleaned it up, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, good writing. Like, you don't need a scumbag. Just. Yeah. But we're watching this scene on this where he hides on a subway platform. Clint Eastwood is like 6'4 or something like that. He's a very tall man. <laughs> he hides in like a three foot uh, barrel. <laughs> like, there's this big crate to one side where. I'm watching it too. I'm like, oh, you know, of course. Yeah, he's, he, he, obviously you would shoot that up. No, he pops up out of the barrel. He's like a, Mario. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Went to the underworld, popped back up. It's just a funny scene because Klingswood's obviously a giant. Yeah, in a barrel. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the American Film Institute. Yeah, uh, 6'4", for sure. Go ahead and make, go ahead and make, uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, make my day. Is the number was voted the most number was voted the number six. If I could talk, most memorable line in cinema history in the AFI uh, film poll. Jesse, would you actually pull that up? Because I'm actually curious as to what they put above it, or in the, you know what they're considering. Um, I think it seems like we might have looked that up a long time ago, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, that, that's it right there. Uh, but anyway, it was number six in AFI. Da, da, da. Yep, it was number six. And uh, okay, let's see. Number five. Here's looking at you, kid from Casablanca. Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. There's better lines in that film. Obviously, Wizard of Oz. You didn't know. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender on the waterfront. Uh, I'm gonna make him an offer. He can't refuse it. Two Brandos in the top three. <laughs> and then number one, Franklin, my dear. I don't give a damn. I, mean, I can't yeah. argue against that one. I mean, it's so old. But I mean, the next '80s movie is E.T. at number fifteen. Oh no! Wow. 
Yeah. Then 80s takes a break till wow, a number lot of, 33. I'll have what she's having. Show me the money. <laughs> not saying it's not a bad line. I mean, everybody was saying it, but I mean, looking at film history, right? I, there's some ones here that. Show me the money at number 25. Wow. Yeah. What, let's see. Go up. Let's see. Well, the most recent film. Would that be 96? Oh. Uh, it would be Jerry Maguire. So far. I haven't seen 99. I see dead people. Six cents. Nothing in the 2000s. Oh, 20, 2002. My precious. Yeah. Whatever. That's it. Eh. Hmm. That's why you don't put too much credence in lists, but definitely go ahead and make my day this should what, be near the top. This aired in 2005, by the way. So. Gotcha. I'm just saying I want to put some of those in the top five. Yeah. I'd switch a few. I, I, I mean, it's a good list, but it needs to be rearranged a bit. But anyway, uh, let me see. Where did I? I had something. I know I wrote it down here. Where was it? Okay, oh yeah, here we go. Uh, in fact, uh, shortly after, or really soon after this film was made in 83, Eastwood ran and uh, won the uh, race for mayor of Carmel, Carmel-by-the-Sea in California in 86. Uh, his bumper stickers, and I wish I had one because I would put it on my vehicle immediately, was, go ahead, make me mayor. <laughs> Eastwood, 86. <laughs> Got to find one on eBay. Or somebody out there who has one. You just can send it to us, asiavisit.gmail.com. I'll give you my address. But anyway, there was something. Oh, uh, even Ronald. Oh, I, I must have read it, but not wrote, write it, wrote it down. But even Ronald Reagan referenced it in one of his State of the Union addresses about if you're going to do that, well, you can make my day. Something or other. Uh, I didn't write it exactly down. But I mean, again, that line alone transcended the film. They could have made action figures of that line, and people would have bought it because it was everywhere. Yeah, I'm looking at a Hollywood Reporter's list, and it's not even in the top 30. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh 34. You feel lucky, punk, at number 34, yeah. But, I mean, there were so many other ones. This is more updated because it has more recent movies on it. Yeah. But the same number one. But, uh... See, I would put, I mean, Jaws and The Force Be With You. I mean, I would put both of those. Both of those would be in my top five. Like, right. You know, I'd, I'd be, yeah. I would be more closer in line with this list. Just because those, again, also it's also generational. I mean, there are, of course, there are lines everybody knows, but there are some that are so ingrained. Like, like for example, Daniel never saw Star Wars, right. but knew, may the force be with you. Knew I am your father. Yeah. Uh, even why so? Uh, that's a current one. I mean, that's every yeah. you know that transcended everything as well. At the at that time, and still, you know, it's still made fun People of. Still say it. Yeah. <laughs> why so? You know, anytime somebody's being too serious, why so serious? Yeah. It just well, they, works. Yeah. Well, they say it really angrily. Why so serious? Yeah. <laughs> and my favorite line from that series is, Where are the drugs? Yeah. <laughs> but that's just me. But anyway, uh, and as f- this is, again, this is the fourth Dirty Harry film out of the five, and it's some, it's some first for the series, and we'll talk about those right now. Uh, it's the only Dirty Harry film that was directed by Eastwood. It was the highest grossing Dirty Harry film it was the only Dirty Harry film where Callahan uses a semi-automatic handgun because his other one gets knocked into the water. And there's the badass... We were watching the setup scene now where he shows his automatic pistol. And then we have the dramatic reveal at the end where he comes back all beat up, mm-hmm. opens the case, and there's that chrome-plated death cannon yeah, ready to go. Uh, that gun, it's a large-caliber semi-automatic pistol, AMP-44, automatic model 180, if anybody was wondering. If you're a gun nut, I am not, so that, that means nothing to me. You just have to tell me, uh, it's the automatic Dirty Harry gun. Okay, I know exactly what gun you're talking about. Here's what it sounds like. It sounds way better than uh, Action Jackson, Jackson sound effects. 
where they sounded like laser beams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost there. But uh, let's see. It was the only Thumbs film. Up. It was the only Dirty Harry film where Callahan doesn't have a partner. Which, by the way, we'll talk about that next week. That's never a good thing to be that person. <laughs> Just saying. Do not be his partner. You're basically uh, wearing the red shirt on the Enterprise. Pretty much. They all have a red <laughs> shirt on under it. Uh, it's the only Dirty Harry film not primarily set in San Francisco. It's the only Dirty Harry movie that has flashbacks, thankfully. Mm. It's the only Dirty Harry movie where the character responsible for the killings Harry investigates isn't killed by Harry at the end. He lets her go, which he would never do. He would not kill her unless she drew a gun on him and tried to kill him. But he would not, again, that's just... The one thing I, I, that really just sinks this movie for me is that that is completely against the character. Now, if they develop the love story enough, or maybe he retires or something, or maybe, you know, work it into the story to where it would make, you could at least have a reason why he did it. Nah, he gets his ass kicked by these dudes, come back, bl- comes back, blows them away, and then lets the murderer go that caused all this trouble. Hmm. No, Dirty Harry would not do that. I'm telling, well... I guess I can't say that because I'm not Clint Eastwood and he directed and starred right. this movie. So if he did it, he knows something more than I do. Uh, I'm just saying. Well, he was probably just doing favors back then, you know. Well, like, we'll get into that too. Uh, let me see. Couldn't really call the shots. Well, uh, let me see. Actually, I'll get to that after this next one. Uh, it's been estimated that Eastwood earned about $30 million for this picture. Again, worldwide, oh, gro- uh, the total gross was 67.6 and an additional 34.8 in rentals. Uh, Around that time, Eastwood's salary on movies, he took 60% of the profit as his salary, with the other 40% going to Warner Brothers. Jeez. At this time. But hey, I mean, this is the 80s. I mean, this is Clint Eastwood we're talking about. Imagine making that deal. 60-40. <laughs> My way. They're like, holy shit. <laughs> you want a Dirty Harry film? <laughs> Me and Smith and Wesson want to renegotiate our contracts. <laughs> They just need to make a movie. Where's your brother, <laughs> Warner? <laughs> if you don't give me what I want, it's going to just be Warner films. <laughs> but anyway, uh, here's the reason this movie got made. Uh, lean on what we were saying right before that last fact. Uh, the, pretty much, Warner Brothers did a survey, and they asked moviegoers to name an actor and a famous part that that actor played. Well, Clint Eastwood as Dirty Harry scored so high on the survey results, the studio pretty much said, Hey, Clint, uh, we're, we're open if you want to make another one. And 60-40, and they 60. did. <laughs> you know, uh, that's film, that film was a result of this meeting. I'm going to talk about why the last one we got made later uh, next week as well. Uh, the production company had to keep a diver on the set. This, is, uh, this cracked me up so much because uh, I can just see it happening. Mm. But they had to keep a diver on set during the filming of the end scene on the pier where uh, Callahan shoots the bad guy off the roller coaster, which is a lit... It's a, it's a bit overdone. The dude gets shot, I think, twice by the Magnum. Falls, like, off the roller coaster. Gets tangled in the lights, and you hear, like, zzz, So he gets the little electric shock. Falls through a plate glass window onto a unicorn horn on a carousel. All right. It was like a Mortal Kombat. Here we go. We're watching now. It's a Mortal Kombat-esque, like, pit fatality. <laughs> I mean, it's a brutal oh, death. Yeah, yeah. And the dude deserved fatality. it. Fatality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that Dirty would be. <laughs> wins. I can imagine the music box. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a, it's a great death, but it it's just like, good God. All right. What a horrible... I mean, he deserved it again, but Jesus. I'm sure they don't keep that shit running at night anyway. I mean, it's the morning, well, she, and it's not running anymore. Well, the funny... She did turn it on. Oh, like, the okay. throwback earlier, she turned it on in a vain attempt to try to lose the, her pursuers by turning on the merry-go-round. I'm over here. It's very weird. <laughs> 
It's very weird. And so here's and there's it's these plate glass windows mm-hmm. where and she locks the door just like you see at a at a at a gas station or whatever. You know, it's a solid piece of glass with one bar where you push the the door open. She locks it, and these guys have shotguns and guns. Well, they come up. Oh crap! She locked the door. They break the glass. But instead of just walking under the bar, they then like waste time reaching in to unlock the glass door they just broke before they go in. <laughs> it's just funny. Wow. You know. Poor planning. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that is, oh, but anyway, uh, yeah. During that scene, anyway, as I was saying, pretty much the the prop gun would jam for the for the effect of the gun to make it look like it was actually firing, which it did frequently. And Eastwood would go into a fit of rage and throw the gun a considerable distance into the water. The diver would have to retrieve the gun, which would be dried out, repaired, and reloaded for the next take. So I could just see that. Die, punk. Son of a bitch! And he was just slinging his gun across the dock into the water. That's just... I wish I could... I wish there was... You know, nowadays there would be footage of that. Right. But unfortunately, I'll never be able to see that without inventing a time machine. I have to give a... Uh, do a reenactment. Card. But uh, body count, uh, Jesse, would you care to guess how many people died in this, having not seen it? If you just had to guess how many people Dirty Harry, or actually, I shouldn't say just him, but how many people died in this film? I'm going to go with 19. Oh, close. However, if we were doing prices Right rules, you would have lost your showcase because you oh, overbid. Damn. 18. Damn. One away. Close. Very close. <laughs> very, good, very good guess. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Some uh, reason it was just popping in my head and it was wrong. But <laughs> no, I mean close. It was accurate. It was just not precise. Right. Right. So good job, nevertheless. Uh, score wise, again, uh, I'd give this one a five. It's straight up middle of the road. I don't love it. I don't hate it. There. I mean, I can tell you why I don't like it, but I can't tell you why it's not. Well, I guess those same reasons are why it's not great. Mm-hmm. But it's just you know after when there's if somebody's never seen Dirty Harry. Never seen a single one. Even though this one has arguably the greatest line that attributed to the character, you should not watch this one. Mm. You should watch the first two, and you're done. <laughs> Just then give it up. Go, let it go in peace. Remember it as it is, because it's all downhill after the first one. Uh, you know, and so, so that hill isn't too steep after the first one, but then there's a sharp, sharp drop off with part three. Mm. We'll talk more in depth, depth about that next week. Like I said, I give it a five again. Not didn't hate it. I would n- probably not watch it again because if you want to see, actually, I'll save you. I think it was two hours and four minutes. Let me save you two hours of your life. Go to YouTube and watch uh, sudden impact diner scene and watch where he walks in with the the coffee. What we opened with, where he says the iconic line, and then that's all you need to see for this one. Perfectly honest with you. If mm. you haven't seen it, I've just saved you two hours, and you can say you saw it. Then go read the Wikipedia article about the plot if you really want to know. Excuse me. Or again, if you're watching all of them and you've, if you've watched the, if you've watched part three, this one's better than part three, so you should at least then watch this one. And then if you want a good laugh, watch the Deadpool. But anyway, uh, back to the future this week. Uh, just talk about what we've been watching, what we've been playing since we recorded last. I did have the opportunity, uh, or should I say, the regretful opportunity to actually have to sit through Beauty and the Beast. A tale as old as time? Yes, and it felt like I was dying as I was watching this film. Uh, but pretty much asked Autumn, honestly, it, we went and saw it a week after, obviously, because it was so packed. It was even packed mm. the night we went. I mean, it's, it's destroying records. It's crushing everything right now. Um, so I was like, hey, babe, uh, you know, I presented it to her just like this. Did you still want to go see Beauty and the Beast, or did you want to see Power Rangers? Because I would rather go spend the money to see Power <laughs> yeah. Rangers than Beauty and the Beast. Right. 
And she's like, oh, oh yeah, I can't wait. Let's go see Beauty and the Beast. So inside me, I'm just like, no, I don't want to go see this at a theater. Uh, anyway, so we did. And even she, halfway through it, rolled over and said, can we go home now? I'm like, no, <laughs> you did this to us. <laughs> We're staying for this. Jeez. Uh, here, here's in a nutshell. Why do a live action version of an animated movie when over half of your movie is still animated? That's my, that's my, like, there's no point to it. Also, Emma Watson, she's, she, she was not the right person for this role at all. Like, I'm just watching, like, no. Like, Belle, you know, I'm not going to be some sort of, I'm not a Disney princess geek, but, I mean, Belle's, like, one of the hot ones. Yeah. They're all hot, don't get me wrong, but, you know, Belle's, like, top three. Ariel, <laughs> Jasmine, Belle. My, that's I mean, my top three, <laughs> if I had to pick. I wonder who would have fit that role, though, because... Well, I was reading the IMDb as I as I'm everybody on the podcast knows. After I watch a movie, I'll see what was going on. They actually offered Lily Collins the role first, mm. which she would have been. I promise you, if you have if you don't have Lily Collins, ish, first of all, she's Phil Collins' daughter. Yeah, I remember. Secondly, she's gorgeous. Thirdly, she was in a film called Mirror Mirror, which if you haven't seen, is fantastic. She would have been great because in Mirror Mirror, as Snow White, I mean, she already played a Disney princess, but I mean, she liked. She lights up a room in that film. That's all I've seen her in. Yeah, she could have fit that. And it would have been someone not as well known, which I support. Um, yeah. Well, pretty much they did not go with her simply because Emma Watson showed interest in it. Ugh. So they're like, oh, no, we'll get Emma Watson bigger. And yeah, I mean, again, that's why Scarlett Johansson's in Ghost in the Shell because that's what's going to put money. That's what's going to help them make money on this movie. Having, believe me, having Emma Watson in this film did contribute to that gro- to the juggernaut of a gross it's already got two weeks in because of, oh, Hermione's in it. You know, people want to watch it because she's in it. Not me. I will never go to a movie because Emma Watson's in it because mm-hmm. I, don't, I'm not, I, don't, I don't dislike her, but she was not right for this role in this film. However, her singing wasn't bad. That part, no qualms with that. It's just Belle is supposed to like... All these people like pick at her, but she's supposed to be like this bright, bright star in this, you know, for lack of a better word, she's supposed to be an educated person in a village of idiots. Right. And, but, you know, but she's so nice and, and the beast is supposed to be pretty much suicidal and doesn't want to live, hates his life. And she comes into it and that's what turns him around. Emo but I mean, beast. but pretty much she's just like, yeah, I like books too. And it's just like, they should both just go jump off the top of the parapet <laughs> together because this is. There's no, even in the cartoon with just the voices, right. you got that, how like she was, like she changed him. In the, in the real, in the movie, I, I kid you not, I wanted Gaston to kill the beast. I'm like, <laughs> like good God. If, if, first of all, Luke Evans is the best part about this film. He is fantastic as Gaston. Uh, the fact that, you know, he doesn't kill the beast and kidnap Belle to live happily ever after <laughs> broke my heart because... And again, and you, everybody's heard like, oh, there's a gay moment. It's like one of the funniest moments in the movie. And I don't mean that in, a, in like funny, gay funny like kind of right. thing. But it, it was a Comedically good... Comedically funny. Yeah, it was, it was... There's this payoff, and I won't spoil it because it's good. Uh, it, they set it up you, earlier. You too might be forced to watch this movie one day. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're interested, then of course you should see it. I would not go see it at a theater and spend 30 bucks to go see it. Mm. I would rent it for you know $3.99 or $5.99 on Amazon down the road. And, and I'll be honest with you, adults like us, probably, well, I mean, every wow. adult, I, every woman I've talked to loves it. Someone so, bought some votes. <laughs> they had to, right? Yeah, 28. To have an average, uh, 
Yeah, 28% 10? Yeah, No right. way, it's not 10. There's Most some... people who vote on IMDb legitimately vote, and that's why your spike, your second spike is at 8. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone really raised that average. Well, the highest, for, let's see, 8.7 females under 18, and then 8.4 for females, 18. It's all the female demographic. And again, most women will tend to like this film, obviously, more than I will. I'm an action guy. Again, I... I, I don't for, look, 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 I don't like Power Rangers, but mm. I wanted to see the the action scene. I wanted to see the martial arts and all that more so than I wanted to see Beauty and the Beast. Right. <laughs> you know. So, however, I mean, I understand why people love it. However, it's not. I mean, as a as a film, looking at it as a film, stay home and and watch the Blu-ray of the animated one. It's a million times better. They did uh, one thing. I uh, again that if if you're like, oh, I have a gay moment. It's get first of all, get over it. Because right. that's nothing to be upset about, period. But it was like a great moment in the movie. Everybody like laughed. It was great. It was it was good. It was it was a Disney moment that just happened to be between two people, two guys. Who cares? It was funny. Uh, but the uh, all the voice actors for like the uh, you know uh, Ewan McGregor's Cogsworth. I mean uh, Lumiere and you know all, all uh, Ian McClellan is Cogsworth. Great, they're great together. Uh, mm. You know that's fine. But it's it's when when your protagonists are the worst part of your movie, that's a problem. For ex- they pretty much had to make like you don't even hate Gaston in the cartoon. I didn't like him, you know, like ah oh, yeah, because yeah. Beast was a liked Beast in the cartoon. In this movie, they pretty much have it's it's halfway through the two and a half hour runtime or whatever two hour nine minute runtime. Where I, I, they had to realize, wow, we really haven't. Gaston's really kind of cool. We need to like make him do something that where people will hate him. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's pretty much a line in the sand where he flips to where like, oh, okay, that was extreme. <laughs> you know, you're gonna resort to murder, <clears throat> like after because again, uh, you know, Lafou's like, oh, Gaston, you're so strong, and and I'm falling in love with the dude because it's like <laughs> I'd, I'd pal around with Gaston too because the dude's cool. Like he's he's charming. He's funny. He's the best part of this film. And then you know, oh wait, we have to oh wait. We have to make sure people hate him. So let's do this and make it really extreme and switch it. But he's the best part. It should have been called Gaston Kills the Beast. Guess Gaston and the Beast. Yeah. And he kills the Beast at the end. Uh, but, but honestly, like, th- go watch Legend again, because you should have seen it at least five times by now. <laughs> Look at how amazing Tim Curry looked as the devil. Mm-hmm. And then tell me why they couldn't do that same makeup and throw some fur on it and call it the Beast, and it would look a million times better than any of the CG in this film. Mm. Because I'm, again, I don't like the Star Wars prequels. It's very hard to, you know, you have the Uncanny Valley. You know, if you're going to have, you know, you have to do it tastefully. And by tasteful, I mean Rogue One. A lot of people didn't like Rogue One, but I mean, if you want to have Graham Moff Tarkin or Carrie Fisher in it as young Leia, you got to have, you got to, you, you know, you, that's fine. They're not a main character. It's just there to tell the story. The Beast, you have a live actor that's supposed to be interacting, and he's fully CG, and it looks like shit. Why didn't you just CG the entire movie? Save some money. You just have Emma Watson come in and voice it. You want to build any sets? But no, the Beast... Honestly, it would have made a night and day difference to me just alone if the Beast was a practical effect. Right. And there's in this day and age, I watch Face Off. I've watched, yeah. watched it for 13 seasons or however long it's been on. I know they could do it, and yeah. they could do it well to where the actor could emote. Because I'm sorry, you can put a million dots on people's faces for them to mocap their facial animations. It's not the same. No. Go wa- again. Go watch Legend. Watch Tim Curry emote through that makeup, and you are terrified of him. Mm. 
No questions asked. Uh, so end of Beauty and the Beast rant. Uh, <laughs> again, young kids will probably love it. I'm just speaking again, looking at it as a film. And again, I, I, like I said last week, I'm not a fan of these Disney live action ones. Although the one they should make, Aladdin, that's the one they need to make because that would be... I'd love to see that one live action because of the spectacle and the scale of it. And you have to make Jamie CG. Yeah, you, you, you know, would. That's, that's... Not, that's understandable. But you're making Beauty and the Beast, and Beast is CG in 2017? Uh, I should say I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised that it looks that disparate between camera shot of Emma Watson, camera shot of CG Beast. Distracting. Like, this is, this is not good. Mm. And I'm very forgiving with CG, but again, this is a character that you're supposed to feel for. That you're supposed to, like, want, oh, God, if she would only love him for who he is. Oh, wait, he's got books? Oh, what a gentleman. Meanwhile, Gaston's like, you know, the epitome of manliness and bravery, but the Beast <laughs> has got books. But that's just my opinion. Anyway, uh, also started playing uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. I wish I had some good news. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I saw you playing it the other day. I was playing I was it before, like, oh, I, I uh, before I went out to eat today, and it's just... Oh, no. Uh, oh, it, uh, okay, story-wise, it's nothing with the story. It's the <laughs> fact that this game, it looks like it should have been Mass Effect 2.5, or, like, let's, let's imagine it more like, it, it looks like it should have released between Mass Effect 2 and 3. Because of the quality? Uh, I mean, it, it looks like... Graphic the, quality? It looks like they're using the same engine from the previous ones, oh, no. but just higher res textures, you know, so you get the skin definition on that. And you just came from like Horizon. Yeah, and, and you know, <laughs> and I understand, and I and I and I remind myself, you just watched the, the the most graphically gorgeous game you've ever seen. You got to be a little forgiving. But again, Mass but they Effect should kick it up. Yeah, Mass Effect is one of my, if not, it's definitely my top three favorite game series of all time. Like I love this series. I have the art books. I have the collector's editions of all the originals on Xbox 360. Uh, I've read all the comics. I've read three of the novels before they got out of hand. Excuse me, and made them before I could keep up with them. So I love this series. And again, it's not necessarily the story. It's just the quality control in this game. I mean, were they making it around the time of two and three, and then just ported it over because it's not, it's buggy. And uh, you know, I've, I've played games where people have reported game-ending bugs. I have, knocking on wood, I've been blessed to only have one like bad bug in any game I've ever played. And it was Gears of War 3, where it reset in my entire multiplayer progression and also my horde mode unlocks. Never played it again after that. However, uh, I almost had a game-ending glitch on this game to where I died, which, oh God, there's so many things to complain about. <laughs> Honestly, like, it's, gameplay-wise, it's a step back. I mean, a lot of reviews were like, oh, it's the best controlling one. The combat feels the best in the series. No, it doesn't. Because I'll tell you why. In the original, when you pull up your little wheel, you could select more than just three powers. You can only have three powers active at one time in this game. In the original, you could have, you had your little wheel where you could have five to where like biotic combo this one, tech combo this one. You were, you were proficient doing multiple things at one time. Mm. In this one, and it's all a wheel where you just, you know, uh, I can't remember what the button command was, but I mean, instantly quick, click between items and stuff like that without having to go to a menu. In this one, you have to go to a menu for, e for almost everything. Uh, in, the f in the original, you'd use Metagel. Like if a teammate's down, you just bring up your wheel and tap left or right on the D-pad, and, you, and they, you res them by using a Metagel. Mm. This one, you got to go actually revive them, which is fine. That's fine. However, to when you're getting killed, like with a split second left of health, and I'm jamming on the menu button, and it, the menu button doesn't come up, and I just lost 10 minutes of progress in a fight because you can't save in this entire dungeon, right. that's an issue. Because uh, in the original, you just tap over and you're, you're back to full. 
and it's just yeah it's, i'm watching a youtube video of the first 12 now, minutes if i saw just some of these videos aside from, again the textures look fantastic yeah but, but the, when the you structure see, of the uh it just doesn't look as uh they look very cartoony yeah um which i don't know if that's their style but it they're, seems like they're going for real life textures and then i look at their eyes and it just seems like Oh, it feels like I'm watching something between the eyes Pixar. are really bad. Like in terms yeah. of like how they they're like they're not glossy. Yeah, they're like just flat colored. And again, sorry, I'm coming from off Horizon Zero Dawn on the same hardware that I'm playing Mass Effect, and it I looks know. like this. And no one would have hated a, a slight art change, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look any. It, I mean, again, it looks like I should be playing this on Xbox 360. And again, I'm not saying graphics are everything. However, this is a next gen Mass Effect. Yeah, I feel like I hold they it to wanted, a high standard, and it's Bioware. I feel like they wanted to uh, keep some of that style, um, but they shouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> they should have said, "Okay, we're going all to the next one," because they could have, you know, taken the alien forms and just, you know, adapt them to the new look. Yeah, I mean, honestly, because the original this this is a Mass Effect game. This it takes place in the same universe. There's none of the same characters. This takes this takes place six hundred years after yeah. the original trilogy. Just some of the races are the same. Yeah, I mean, there's still obviously you know, and there's some new ones you come across because yeah. you're out of the Milky Way now. The story's good. I like the story. Again, it's just like this. It's 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 the Assassin's Creed kind of thing where it's like you have one, two, Assassin's Creed two Brotherhood, Assassin's Creed two this, and then you finally have three. This one Andromeda feels like it should have been released last gen, mm. and that's not just the graphics, but just. Like they, they didn't evolve anything in the gameplay. All they did was make the land vehicle actually control good. That was the worst part. That's what made me quit the first Mass <laughs> I like I mean it was frustrating, but I liked it because oh there's a mountain between me and that point, and well, I'm going up the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Just boost up the mountain slowly, but I got over it. But oh, also man. it and it's, it takes so much time to do anything in this game. Uh like, for example, when you go to a galaxy in the original Mass Effect, you would, I don't know if you, you didn't play any of them at all, Jesse, or? Uh, not extensively, no. But basically, you'd have a, a you know, you'd have a, imagine a picture of the solar system with planets and all that, and like, you would have a little ship where you would move it around in 3D, like, just mm-hmm. like, oh, let's go here, and you'd have to manage fuel, basically just a, a, my, a mini game sort of Almost, between yeah, that. Yeah. You, know, it, you know, it wasn't like desperate to manage stuff, but you had to avoid Reapers and all sorts of stuff. And you just go to the planet, and then you, you start mining it or do whatever you want. This one, it has to have this elaborate scene, like the unskippable cutscene. Again, what year is this? Yeah. Is this the PlayStation One? Unskippable cutscene of like zooming through this galaxy you're already in to the planet, and instead of just zooming to the planet where you can then interact, it goes to some sort of photo mode. Like it zooms in on the planet and then goes to like a shot that's dramatic looking, like with a solar flare in the background. Stops, sits there for a second, then readjusts back on the planet for you to interact with it. So exploring a galaxy takes like 10 minutes longer than it should. Wow. It's just, it's a step backwards in the series. You know, we're next gen, next entry in it, but a lot of the mechanics and everything are a step back. Even the damn Omni tool doesn't look as good. Like just the the effect on the arm where you bring up your like, you know, basically your arm pad if you want to call it that for like the modern stuff. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Pit boy, your futuristic pit boy. pit boy like it doesn't look as good in this one as it does in the originals. It's it, Bioware, Bioware, again, you have Dragon Age Inquisition. It was better than two. Yeah, but, but I mean... Your goal is to be better than the original. I mean, you're coming from a pedigree here. It's hard here. to do, but... And, you know, Dragon Age series had its, has its ups and downs. Mass Effect had zero downs, in my opinion, until this one. And I didn't want it to... You know, of course, I wish it would be better than the, any of the other ones. 
I, I at least expected it to meet the other ones, but this one is just below every previous entry. Granted, there's only three, but it's, I was, uh, just the more I play it, yeah, it's just like, why am I doing this in a, game, in a video game in 2017 on mm. a PlayStation 4? This is an archaic idea of gameplay that nobody's done in years. Why is it here? B, it's Bioware's B-Team. I mean, I've granted a lot of the people from the original trilogy left, but I mean, come on, Bioware has a name to live up to, yeah. and it's pretty much gotten tarnished over the past couple of games, in my opinion. They know they're going to make sales now. And EA, I mean, if you want to, yeah. if you want to blame EA, but this game, honestly, this game does feel extremely unfinished. It needed, it needs polish. Bottom line. However, if you like the series like me, it's again, I'm not saying you shouldn't play it if you don't like the series. The multiplayer, it's pretty much more of the same, except they added way too many characters initially in terms of figuring out who you want to be. Uh, so the multiplayer is still good. It, it scratches that itch that I now have a, a that type of game to play again online because I. Uh, played the shit out of Mass Effect 3 online. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I have, it has that going for it, but it's just, there's so many little things. You, oh, you, you can't equip your squad mates with what weapons you want them to equip. They can only equip cert, one of three powers. Like, you don't have a tree form to like how you want to build them. And you only have six of them. And also, oh God, this, okay. One of the <laughs> greatest things about the Mass Effect trilogy is just the interactions with your your crew members where you truly... Like in part two, I got the end. Like I fought, I did everything I could, because you know part two is the one where if you lose them, they're gone in three. You don't have them in three. I didn't lose anybody in two. Mm. Like I made sure I'm, I did every side mission. I plotted every like choice at the end of the game, like what I thought was appropriate. And thankfully, I chose wisely. None of my crew came back. And actually, I take it back. Though I had one loss, and it's like your little doctor chick. Not 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 the the gray haired one in the original, but like your little secretary or whatever. She's like a redhead. She got chopped up in the Reaver base or something like that, but that was it. None of my like my teammates did. So I did have one casualty. So I guess I didn't get the very very best inning because I know you can like nobody even gets chopped up in that thing. Oh wow! But uh, anyway, but in, it, you have a even over the course of a forty hour game. I mean, you're like maybe ten hours in and you're, you're just then getting a new squad mate. The first flipping planet you land on in this game. Hey, I'm gonna join your team now. Like so fucking like Nintendo. By Nintendo, I mean like. Eight, uh, you know, NES, like, oh, you're good with a sword. I'm going to come with you now. Just people just joining your party left and right, like, okay, okay, okay. And already, after, like, the first, like, few missions, when I'm, I first get back to the ship, I'm already getting romance options. Mm. Like, uh, no, you're supposed to, like, build up relationships to unlock them to see, and you learn about your characters. And this game, it's, it's not doing it. This must be running on PC, they must be on oh. this video we're watching because that's a lot cleaner looking than PlayStation 4. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. It's released by IGN, so. Yeah, because this looks a lot sharper. Although it probably looks this good on PlayStation Pro because I know it is enhanced for the, the Pro. But uh, it's, you know, if you were expecting something on par with the previous entries in the series, this is not it. It's, there's, <laughs> there's just gameplay things that, like, why, you have to evolve it. And, and the thing is, this is a new game in the series. You're not tied to anything of the other ones. You just have to. You could take what you want from there and evolve it and do what you want. They did add a little. You have a, a jetpack to like for an upward boost, and you have like a dash. You know, something they add like okay, yeah, you added that, but then I have to go to a menu to heal. I have to go to a menu to change. Uh, like I have to pause the game to change weapons. All sorts of stuff like archaic game design in a modern shoot game, and it's that's unacceptable in my opinion. Wow. But uh, Jesse, you've been watching, playing anything. 
Um, I went back to Horizon and uh, just basically did everything. Everything? (laughs) Yeah, I went through the Red Mall quest. I didn't realize that was part of the Hunter's stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, yeah, I did all those. Got all the suns and everything. Got all the weapons for that. So you're like, like your percentage completion would be like 100% or? It's it's near that. I still have some tutorials to do. (laughs) I've been knocking those out. But for the most part, I did them. It's just the really difficult ones. Not difficult ones. uh, The ones that happen by chance more Mm. so. It's like. Use a blast thing to kill multiple enemies at once. That's 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 one t- like with the sling. Yeah, I still I got like one on that. I got to go but like back to the uh, beginning area. I yeah, guess, where there's crowds weak things and, like, <laughs> like all those things just grazing in the field and stuff. But I do think they count. I think we might have talked about this last time, but I think like if you use like the explosive one, like with the sticky bombs or the proximity ones, mm-hmm. like those count for that. Oh really? Yeah. Just make sure again, like we talked before, make sure that quest is active. Yeah, I know. Otherwise, you're like, why am I getting no credit for this? But yeah, I've done everything else. That's um, awesome. I, I plan think, to do that eventually once I. Yeah, it's get just because up. I don't want to start something else. <laughs> I could very well go start something else, but I was like, eh, I don't know. If I do that, then I'll get sucked in, and I got so much other stuff to do. Yeah. Watch anything of note lately? Uh, actually, no. Yeah, I've just been working on board games. Yeah. Yeah, do what you got to do. But I, yeah. as we talked about last week, I did go back and watch the latest season of Always Sunny, and you were right. Ah, uh, yes, yes. If you haven't seen the latest season, because you don't have cable like me, <laughs> it's 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 probably the best season. Right. It ended kind of funny, but, uh, I mean, kind of odd. Yeah. Um, that was weird. But, you know, they, they do that sometimes, just to have a weird parts to it. <laughs> yeah, just to add some sort of random drama. But that's that premiere... <laughs> No, that was like that's one of the best so good. episodes <laughs> yeah. of anything. That was so you it's not overhyped. That first episode was fantastic. And the one with the uh the um the deliberation room. Oh yeah. It was pretty funny too. <laughs> it's my bike. Yeah. Well, I love how it just all takes place in one room. Yeah. yeah that's the kind of stuff we could film, you know. It's yeah. like you just gotta come up with a good script for that and And just they they know you you could just they they know exactly what their characters would do exactly like they whether they're they're actually those people in real life or not but i mean they they have it every it, it's no, so consistent people, i hope <laughs> I, I hope not as well although they did make this season like i don't think dennis is a serial killer anymore <laughs> after this season <laughs> but uh because there's that there's that big fan theory they had that a few, like I don't know what season it was, but that like, like they were there was on the hunt for the serial killer. Like, they, well, they had, the, had the episode about it. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, yeah. it's not Dennis. Yeah, but then like, there's still a speculation it's going to come back that because <laughs> you know Dennis is always the mastermind yeah. behind something that is going to come back that he actually was the serial killer. <laughs> He's a nice guy. I walked out of the room and watched the tape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He looked at the camera like, <laughs> for like two hours. It was like the uh, Charlie McDennis one where he's like. <laughs> Woman in the, on the TV. No, it's a woman's head in a box. It's clearly a woman's head in a box. I'm like, dude, why'd you make that? I don't know. It's like, such a great show. And if you haven't seen yeah. it, any of it, seasons one through 11 are on Netflix. So you, yeah. got, you have a, a fantastic thing to binge watch. And it's the longest running live action uh, comedy series or something like that. Consistent. Absolutely consistent. Yeah. Like, because I can't say comedy series because Simpsons. Yeah, beat, obviously, but live action comedy series. I believe it's they just passed up one of these old TV shows from mm-hmm. way back, but uh, and it's, it's 10 episode seasons and it's quality. It, it's, it's it's short enough to where they can all go have movie careers or whatever, yeah. 
and come do back other and shows. Um, but yeah, I'm glad they're still doing it because anybody else in those shoes would have quit a long time yeah. ago. Like Charlie Day's got a movie career. Uh, Caitlin Olson's doing her other, other TV show, show. And then Dennis was on like uh, Autumn watches the Mindy, Pro- Mindy Project, and he oh, was on that sometimes. So yeah, I haven't seen Mac in anything else, but I mean he's also like, but he's the guy for yeah. that show. Yeah, yeah, so he's probably keeps his and time. DeVito. I mean he's, <laughs> I think he's yeah. there because he knows he recognizes talent. You yeah, know, after his long career. No joke. And just, just pretty much say, hey, I like your show. I want to be on it. And yeah. they, I mean, <laughs> hell yeah, Danny DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I'm like. Yeah, Frank's just, such a great character. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, <it's> the, <laughs> I don't want to be the trash man. That's a, every time I, I always just think of him chewing trash in the middle of the ring after splitting uh, Cricket's artery. Just like, I want to throw my trash in the ring. I'm going to eat trash. It's terrible. Have you seen all the episodes? Yeah. Like leading up to Okay. Well, after, I mean, after last week when yeah. we were talking and since then, watching after watching that season, I've seen everything. Okay. Because, yeah, just like uh, two months ago, I went through all the episodes again yeah it's it's one of those series you could like in fact after watching that season uh-huh. now like normally our go-to thing on netflix we just put like an episode of he-man on in the background but now it's yeah. like hold on we're eating, we're eating supper before we watch a movie uh let me find, i want to find this episode of sunny where they uh you know play the game where they're doing the fish market thing or you know want to find one real quick to watch for that while we're eating before we watch a movie or something and the other musical episode is really funny too the stage musical. Oh yeah, <laughs> Dave Man, <laughs> yeah. enemy of the night man. Oh, no, just oh. thank you for listening to Sunny Always Sunny podcast. Yeah, but uh, yeah, There's plenty of those, I'm sure. Um, I would hope so. <laughs> I wish they would do a podcast. No, do you? you know, like the, the oh, gang yeah. does a podcast. Has them <laughs> that would be phenomenal. They did have an episode where they had podcasts. Uh, D and um, Dennis did a podcast. I'm trying to remember that one. Um. It was a small portion of the show, but yeah, they both did a podcast. I don't remember that offhand. So yeah. many, so many schemes the gang gets into. <laughs> Hard to keep track. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that's pretty much it for the this week. Uh, of course, we'll have another segment real quick, but we're going to kind of do the wrap up now for anybody who's not a wrestling fan. Oh yeah. Real quick. But anyway, uh, of course, if you want, let us know what you thought of. Uh, Sudden Impact, and also Beauty and the Beast, or Mass Effect, or whatever, or Always Sunny, just let us know, 80srevisited at gmail.com, at 80srevisited on Twitter, at AwesomePods on Facebook, at AwesomePods.com, at AwesomePods as well on Twitter. Is that still, that's still? Yeah. Okay, yeah. There's so sure. many ways to find us. Yeah, so just let us know how we're doing. Some of you are friends with us on Facebook. Just talk exactly. to us. <laughs> they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but some don't. Some some I'm just friends with. I'm like, all right, we're friends. Okay. Gotta pump up my friend count, bro. Yeah, some. I don't mind. Yeah, but anyway, uh, also our no forget can talk to us. <laughs> I'm like literally always on Facebook because I keep my tabs open. Yeah, yeah. Just oh, Facebook message. Okay, yeah. yeah I'll be sitting here working on some graphics or something, and all of a sudden, I mean, now I got to move this one pixel over and shit, bunk, bump <laughs> no. you, and then draw a line across. I got two monitors to work with. I'm That's all right. Good. There you go. <laughs> but uh, also, uh, got to plug our friends in a in a good way, not a dirty way, uh, in a dirty hairy way. I'm not gonna yes. plug them. Uh, but, of course, our friends John and James in Lafayette, Louisiana, with Now vs. Nostalgia. Uh, like I mentioned a week or two ago, John is in the process of moving, so they should have some new episodes soon. And Mr. Consistent himself, Ben, the Tasmanian Devil Wyatt with the Asia Mania podcast, still putting out quality episodes every yeah. week over there. And speaking of Ben Wyatt, our good friend, uh, we're about to go over a WrestleMania uh, pro wrestling scorecard, which we're going to send you, Ben. So... Uh, <laughs> We're just going to go over that real quick. So if you don't want to listen to anything about WrestleMania, we'll see you next week when we talk about the Deadpool. Don't miss it. It's going to be hilarious. And if you haven't seen that movie, watch it before. 
I don't know. Maybe you should just be surprised at what we're going to say happens in it without seeing it happen. I don't know. Either way, <laughs> it's going to be it. a fun time. So uh, if you don't want to listen to wrestling, we'll see you next week. Otherwise, if you want to talk, hear what we're about to talk about on the eve of WrestleMania, by all means, listen and participate. Uh, but Jesse, when I came in, gave me a, what would you call this, a scorecard? Cheech, or? Yeah, it's um, yeah, a scorecard. Uh, for upcoming WrestleMania 30. I'll give a shout out three. to uh, at PWS scorecard, or PW scorecards on Twitter. He's the person that made this. Very well done, by the way. Yeah, it's very well done. Very well done. But it's WrestleMania 33, correct? Yeah, 34, I believe it's 33. One of those. Uh, but anyway, so it's just like, you know, you go through, it has the matches listed and pick them. So we're going to do our live pick. Well, I don't know if Jesse might. He might have to think because he watches it every week. But I'm going to do at least mine. <laughs> or do you already have your, do you already fill yours out? Or? No, I haven't filled mine out, but I'm, I could always change it later. But I, I'll do, I'll participate. We'll talk. Okay, for the first one, and it looks like it does it in Raw and then SmackDown sides. Yeah. Based on my limited knowledge of this. But the first one is the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale. doesn't list every competitor, so I don't know who's all in it. But uh, but they list uh, Big, show, Big Show, Sami Zayn, Braun Strowman, Apollo Crews, Mojo Raleigh. Those are probably the favorites. I'll, I'll go with Big Show. Has he ever won it? Yes, he won the first one. No, no, he didn't. Cesaro won the first one. Then he won the second one. Okay, he won so one Big, Big Show yeah. has won one. Because I remember yeah. the first one, I figured the Big Show would win because, it would be, because he used to be the Giant, obviously. Right. And he didn't, and it shocked me. And that's won the, the first one? Cesaro, Cesaro, I'm pretty sure. That's right. He was he was, he was uh, almost going to win. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so Big Show's won. I don't know. I, I, I guess maybe the Braun Strowman. Isn't he the big, like, he's Braun like the Strowman, big guy right yeah, now? the big guy with the beard that kind of looks like uh, that dude from Game of Thrones. <laughs> Except yeah, I'll go ripped. with him based on my lim- Again, I don't watch it every week. The last time I watched it was Royal Rumble. And whatever Ben and... Uh, Freddie say on the Asia Mania podcast about wrestling. It's about all I know. In the future, I'll look up a list of who's in it, but based on this small list, I'm going to go with Sami Zayn. He's like that kind of shorter. I mean, uh, yeah, he's a shorter I think I know what he looks like. Yeah, but I, don't, I think he's on the cusp of, you know, like a getting, big push uh, or getting pushed. Yeah. Gotcha. Then it moves on to the Cruiserweight Championship Neville versus Austin Aries. I know who Neville is because I watched the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. He's like the heel, I assume, and Aries is he just. He's become the heel, yeah. He wasn't always like that. Who's the current champion? Austin Aries was. Uh, oh, he, Neville's the current champion. Okay. Uh, Austin Aries was. Uh, he was on NXT wrestling, then he got injured and became a uh, commentator for the Cruiserweight. Uh, Wait, portion. is he the dude with the tattoos all on his neck? I don't think so. A commentator? Uh, he always wears sunglasses. No, no, no. That's uh, Corey Graves. Or okay, I don't, I don't know who this um, guy is. Then. Yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> like when you put in Austin, the first one is like Austin Powers. Yeah, Austin, pa- Austin Powers versus Neville. He looks like a '70s cop with that mustache. Yeah, with that but um, perfectly manicured facial hair. Yeah, he was on NXT, then became the uh, commentator for this cruiserweight thing when they were pushing that two o five live thing, mm-hmm. and uh, he got into a. Um, you know, he got into it during an interview with Neville, and that's when he threw a punch, and he's like, screw it, I'm, I'm fighting now. You know, and so I guess he so became the number one contender. Oh, yeah, he had to fight to become the number one contender, and he got Oh, it, so they so. have a whole storyline building it up? Yeah. I'll say he wins in. Yeah, I was going to go with Austin I mean, that sounds like, well. it sounds like a traditional WWE storyline. Now, are you going to do the right, the right side of this list, the match extras? Yeah, I'm just going to guess. Oh, no, should, no, I mean, like, oh, the, the, that, the thing on the right. That'd be a whole episode of the podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, like, for some of like, on the right side of it, where it has match extra, just, like, for the Andre Memorial, it's, like, first superstar eliminated, any non-celebrity yeah, yeah, entrant, 
So that's some funny stuff. We could just note the funny stuff. Yeah, there's some really (laughs) clever ones in there, (laughs) which we'll talk about as we get to them. But then uh, Tag Team Championship ladder match, uh, Luke Gallows versus Carl Anderson. Is that Mr. Anderson, or is it just a different guy? No, that's that's these two people that were in New Japan. Um, I'm not a huge fan of their personas. Uh, They seem like funny guys outside the ring, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to inside the ring, I just don't find them that interesting. They look kind of dull based on the just. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it looks like our friend Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bald beard brothers. Yeah, <laughs> that certainly looks like our friend. <laughs> the big one and the one on the left looks just like somebody we know. <laughs> and then uh, Enzo Amore and Big Cass. I know them simply because I watched the Royal Rumble, and I was telling Jesse earlier. Their whole intro, we had some chicken wings, and by the time I had finished my meal, by the time the rumble started, because of their <laughs> long ass intro, so I don't want them to win just because I hate them from for that moment. And then Cesaro and Sheamus, those are the only two people I know on this list. Mm-hmm. I'll go with them unless there's interference by the Hardys, in which case I'll say the Hardys. Uh, Hopefully, broken. Ah, Matt Hardy will appear <laughs> if we're lucky. Yeah, so, I don't think it's open entry on that. They one. might interfere to cause you know to create a beef with one of them like yeah yeah that'd like be that. nice but i actually i imagine they'll appear at least but who knows in what capacity i do think enzo and Cass are gonna win are they uh i would assume cesaro and sheamus and gallows and the other one are more like heel type teams or is no not cesaro and sheamus aren't they uh cesaro's you know he's a face sheamus is the heel but together they kind of make this okay bond i, I like that idea like that sounds like um, a good story gallows and anderson are definitely oh. heels and enzo and mario and Cass are faces, of course. Gotcha. Uh, but they haven't had their the chance at the belt yet, and you know Makes WrestleMania. Sense. And it's WrestleMania, yeah. Yeah. They got to have like a good story, like a happy belt win. Now, when they get the belt, I don't think they'll have it very long. Mm. But that's for the future. Because the Hardys are some the hero. <laughs> some of the things on the right for that one is like the Cesaro swing full rotations. You got to guess how oh, many yeah. they're going to be. At that. least four. Yeah, I was going to go like eight. Actually, well, yeah, he'll, he'll yeah. do it multiple. He'll probably do it to one member of each team at one point. Oh, that's a good point. So, you got to add them so, all up. Yeah, so pro- well, I think eight would be a good number. <laughs> Enzo and Cass promo time in minutes. Uh, 37. <laughs> It'll probably be about five, maybe six. I hope, oh, I imagine. You, but, get, you get one minute. You get one minute. Um, uh, plus within, or minus. Yeah, plus or minus within one minute. Which is, that's just so funny that it's on there, but. <laughs> Like we were talking about this too. I mean, there's, this is a loaded WrestleMania. I mean, there's like twice the number of matches from the WrestleMania we went to, it looks like. Yeah. And sheer volume of matches. So um, hopefully they'll keep them off the mic. Yeah. And just, <laughs> we are Enzo Casley, whatever. So moving on. Uh, who's the current tag team champions? Is it? Uh, Gallows and Anderson. Okay. So Heels will probably lose that one. I would agree with that based on the storyline. Yeah. United States Championship, Jericho versus Owens. And uh, it's, this one's not even about the championship. That was kind of just thrown in. It's really about their, their friendship, friendship breaking up. Yeah. And Owens is the champion, right? Owens or, was the champion. Oh, Jericho is the champion? No. Oh, there's no champion? Uh, well, or, Jericho has the United States championship. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, it's for, but it's for the belt. It's for that United States championship, which I think Owens is going to win that. Did Owens already has a belt? He was the Universal Championship, but he lost it. Oh, that's it. why I get confused. Okay, I see Universal was... He uh, lost it because the, of Jericho, lost it to Goldberg. Okay, gotcha. I see that. Because they keep changing them. Right. <laughs> like the title name, so I'm confused. Okay. So yeah, yeah, when they split. It makes sense they want to put the belt on Owens. I would assume Jericho's contract might be up to where he has to go back to his podcasting or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, although he's, he's really hot right now. Like, he has crowd control like The Rock had back in oh, the day. Oh, wow. Maybe they... 
Maybe they should keep him on top then. I think they'll keep him, but I still think he's going to lose, and they're probably going to... Um, I don't know. They they don't have another belt to, for him to get. I don't know. He might actually win that. It's a good thought. I have no... Uh, like, I've had to pick... Have somewhere to I know Jericho, so I'll pick Jericho, just because I know who that is. Uh, women's Championship, Bailey versus Charlotte Flair versus Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax. I have no opinion. However, when I watched the Royal Rumble... I hated Bailey because she missed a lot of her spots and looked like me in the <laughs> ring trying to wrestle somebody, to be perfectly honest. So, uh, when was that? The Royal Rumble match. Oh, Royal Rumble, okay. And uh, I actually, that was the only match I've seen of Charlotte Flair, but I like, like, she was like, it reminded me of her dad. Like, she was not in her necessarily her style, but just like that heel kind of aspect. Right. Uh, Same size tits. <laughs> no, it might not be too far off. Uh, I don't know Sasha Banks or Nia Jax. I know one of them's related to Snoop Dogg and the other's related to somebody else, right? Rock. Rock. So uh, Nia Jax is related to Rock. Sasha Banks, Snoop. Doesn't F- Charlotte Flair have like, is, isn't she undefeated at pay per views or something like that? Does she have some sort In of one on one matches? This is not a one on one match. Okay, so. so that could be the exception. So let's say mm-hmm. she's out. Actually, and- she, her streak was broken last time when she lost to Bailey. Okay. Yeah. And Bailey's a champion? Yes. Okay, I'll say has which has Banks or Jax ever been champion? Banks a lot. Jax has not. Okay, I'll put it on the Jax. Wow. I don't again, I'm uneducated. I know, I'm I know. just guessing not based where I on go. Um yeah, I, I still got to decide all of mine. <laughs> uh, and then the honestly the only match that matters to me Phenom versus the Big Dog, Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. Uh one of the funny things on the match extras is Undertaker entrance time in minutes. <laughs> How long it takes him to get to the six thing. minutes? Six, 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 six yeah. point six, six minutes. So that'd be seven minutes and six seconds. Uh, but anyway, uh, all I know is I don't want the Undertaker to lose to Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, nobody does. Although, but because nobody does, how to get him heat to make a heel turn? Have him beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But no, that that. I mean, even since. Again, we, our WrestleMania was what three years ago. We said yeah. before we were off the air. Even then, they were trying to push Roman Reigns. Yeah. And like, again, I don't watch it every week. I just keep up with it. What you say, what I hear on the Asia Mania podcast, and random stuff on Facebook. People just don't like the guy. So hey, stop. Yeah. I don't. I mean, he has the look. I mean, uh, I love the Shield when they, they were just together. don't like how he doesn't lose. Which well, is he, true. He, he doesn't lose. Well, he yeah. needs to, he, need, he better lose Sunday. <laughs> I swear, like, uh, I know, because I think they want, they're going to push a heel turn and they want to, oh, if you don't like him, we'll make you not like him. Mm-hmm. No one McMahon. <laughs> but of course, the Undertaker <laughs> also has to sign off on it. So, but I mean, you know, we know the Undertaker is exceptionally limited with his time left in terms of matches. Sure. He doesn't need, to, he doesn't need more than one loss at WrestleMania unless it's his last match, in my opinion. Mm, because yeah. WrestleMania is his thing. He had his one, he had his one loss. It needs, and, and that keeps Lesnar's status too. Like, there's still only one in 21, or I guess 22, 23 now in one, yeah. whatever it is. You know, he's still the one that could still be his thing. But if it's 23 and two, or 22 and two, that takes away from you're hurting Lesnar's status at that point, in my opinion, and all that. And again, Roman Reigns doesn't deserve it. Nobody likes him. So please don't think reverse psychology is going to work <laughs> and tarnish The Undertaker's legacy by having this dude beat him. So that's my only opinion on that. Yeah. <laughs> so Undertaker on that one. <laughs> yes, by a mile. Please, yeah. please don't let the Undertaker lose. Uh, same logic or? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. Because, <laughs> sure. again, you watch it every week, so I'm just. 
a non-sanctioned match, Rollins versus Triple H. Is this Rollins' first match back from like injury or? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's really injured, but storyline wise, storyline, yeah. yeah. And he's just like he was—he's been banned from the building or something, or I mean, he's not really, like a, not really. He's still obviously employed. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, still... you know what I'm saying. But the storyline is like he's not allowed here or something, or um, they don't want him back. What's the drama? The storyline is that Triple H doesn't want him to fight uh, because uh, you know he'll basically end his career. You know, so he's like, <laughs> well, then I'm going to just leave. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Oh gosh, I want to say Rollins. Yeah, I was going like, to say Rollins as well because. Uh, when I w- did watch it, last time I regularly wa- regularly watched Raw was when the Shield was still together, and mm-hmm. I al- always thought he was the best. Yeah, in ter- I mean he was the high flyer. He was doing all the high risk stuff, which is always my favorite uh, type stuff. So when he got his big push and he was he turned heels, oh that's that's great! Like because he's the best one. He, we'll he see needed- when he when he wins this, that'll turn him back to a face. You think so? Well, this whole time he's been talking to the crowd like a face, like he's a. Uh- He's in the ring. Uh, Triple H is constantly saying to him, stop listening to them. Stop <laughs> pointing at the crowd and stuff. Which, you know, whenever Triple H is acting like the bad guy, yeah. you know, that's going to pump up Seth Rollins. Of look. course. And people already like him. He, yeah. I mean, even when he turned heel, they still liked him. Yeah, he, he was a great heel. Yeah. And you, you, a hero, we said it on the podcast before when we talk about movies. Like the hero's villain has to be better than the hero for the yeah. hero to be good. I'll, there's too many examples. Sa- wrestling's the same way. Yeah. So, it I really mean, works the other way. <laughs> plus, whenever he was Excuse coming me. back a little bit, uh, he was teaming up with Roman Reigns. Which, oh, really? Yeah. They did a couple. Well, know. they probably thought, oh, Seth, can you rub off on... Well, they kept <laughs> saying, oh, the shield is back and stuff like that because they kept doing shield moves like the power bombs and stuff like that. Of course, Dean Ambrose was never there. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, eventually he'll probably come back to that to where all three of them are running around or keep him like a loose cannon. Well, I guess Ambrose is sort of the loose cannon, right? Cause yeah, he's yeah. all like just yeah, he's walking crazy. around talking. Yeah. Uh, so then said Rollins on that, uh, universal championship. And that's, that's basically Raw's highest title, right? Or is that like yes. the company's highest in there? Like, no, that, still, that's Raw's highest. Okay. Title. It's still brand based. Like the yeah. titles are, they're not. Okay. Just making sure. Cause again, you, you call something universal championship. I assume that that's, you know, based yeah. on the name, I would assume that's between, that could be the other one's called the WWE Championship. That's what I love and know. And that was the original belt. Okay, good. And it's still it still is the original belt. It's black in color. You know, the other one's red because of Raw. Oh, uh, uh, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, whatever. But uh, Goldberg versus Lesnar. All I know is Goldberg's beat him twice already. Yeah, it's Lesnar's time to. Yeah, it's exactly. WrestleMania. I mean, he was just on Raw too, and uh, he did the same thing. You know, Goldberg came in and was like, "Why don't we just do this right now? You know, give them a show." And he says, okay. So Lesnar gets out of the ring, comes out and gets speared and he's down. Yeah. So t- he kind of beat him three times. <laughs> yeah. So, and, yeah. It's like, you can't yeah. have that for the, you have to, wrestling is best when it tells a good story and has to tell it in the ring and yeah. out of the ring. The story they're telling here, Lesnar has to win of the stories. Right. There's no point to the story. I mean, if Lesnar loses, I mean, he must have. Is he going to be injured or something? <laughs> And Sable at the same time, like, <laughs> yeah. Suplex City. <laughs> Welcome to Suplex City. But uh, one of the things that they have on the list, too, match longer than three minutes, yes or no, <laughs> uh, for that one? Yes, I would say it would be. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's WrestleMania. They got to do something. But I do think they might pull out the Clint Eastwood finisher <laughs> with yeah. the metal plate <laughs> or yeah. the Bret Hart finisher. Yeah. Oh, well, still, Eastwood start. Well, actually, the Eastwood slash McFly slash Hart finisher. Yes, that's it. 
I guess that would be the chronologically best way to put it. Chronologically, McFly did it first because he did it in the 1800s. That's true. That is true. <laughs> but it was undocumented until yeah. 1990, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Though. That is true. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and then on for the SmackDown side, wrapping this up, uh, Women's Championship. Alexa All the Bliss, women, basically. Yeah, Becky Lynch, Natalia, Mickey James, Carmelia, Naomi, and everyone else that literally like says. An eye doesn't. Uh, no, it's an eye. For it's who? Carmella. Okay. Yeah. That's just my old eyesight. Uh, isn't Natalia one of, like, is she related to Bret Hart? And she went like. Yeah. Yeah, she is Natalia Hart she ever, have any of these not listed not held the women's championship? Um, Carmella has not Mickey James it's been a long time since Mickey James has she came back out of retirement mm-hmm. love me some Mickey I'll go pick Mickey James just because really <laughs> again I don't know what's happening I, know. I mean Alexa Bliss is fucking gorgeous but uh yeah I know Mickey James so has Natalia been champion yes I'll say Mickey James I mean you know in the why past. would they bring her back now not recently Natalia hasn't been recently since they changed the belt um since they changed the belt, only like three of these have Alexa Bliss, uh, Bliss, Becky Lynch, and Naomi. I'll say Mickey James. They had to lure her back somehow, maybe, or unless it was literally just money. But I mean, she was a she was, well, she was champion back in the day. She had a really silly way of coming back too. Like they didn't know. They had this um, El Luchadora, like you know, a masked person in a blue blue man suit. <laughs> Oh, so almost like uh, the... Uh, you know, the green man suit from yeah, Sonny? Yeah, uh, Owen Hart's gimmick when he died, the uh, blue blazer. Y- oh, yeah. With yeah, a mask yeah. and the blue suit. Do they have a cape? Um, Let's see. For uh, the El Luchadora, is that what? Luchadora. Yeah. Or maybe it wasn't. <laughs> Why are we getting all these pics of the wrestler with Mickey Rourke when you search that? <laughs> Luchadora. There it is. Oh, yeah. oh, like, oh okay, yeah. It's totally Now, different. the person... Under that mask was not Mickey James, obviously. But whenever they decide, oh, we're going to reveal who it is, it was Mickey James, you know. Because I, maybe they didn't have her hired yet or something mm. like that. Because, you know, Still all these. looks good. God. I always had a crush on her back in the day. Mickey James? Yeah. Yeah, see, I didn't watch back then. But yeah, she went off and had kids and all that stuff. So Good for her. I'm glad she's back, though. I, mean, she was, I thought she was talented, at least, when, again, a long time ago when I actually watched it every week. I think they. I think they wrestle different now, like women. Women, um, one of the best matches last year was uh, was a Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and like like rated in turn or like your opinion. In my opinion, oh okay, really? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, was the three of them, and like afterwards, like Becky Lynch, she had like a black eye and everything. It was awesome. It was, it was a good good match. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause... I think that was last WrestleMania, actually. Really. I have to look it up. One of those, but because uh, I've been like I'll be talking off the air. Uh, mentioned last week on Netflix, you can watch Lucha Underground, uh, and they have a couple of female wrestlers. And, and there's no like you know, it's not a mixed tag when women are wrestling in in that promotion. It's it's just a regular match. I mean, some uh, I'm, I, I don't remember their names all of yet, but I mean, uh, there's something star, sexy star wrestled Chavo Guerrero. Like, and you know, Chavo's a big dude, but I mean. It, it was an entertaining match. It's not like in WWE, like, oh my God, you can't hit a woman. Or you know, not that they do that anymore. Yeah, but, that, uh, that's her after the fight. Damn. <laughs> she got her. That's a shiner. Yeah. She got her ass beat. But yeah, she, it tells a story. I mean, that, I mean, you know. No kidding. I think that, that's, I'm not saying it's good she got a busted eye, but I mean, that's been a, a big problem, at least what I've seen in WWE, was that you'd have women wrestling, but it was just so like hair pulling and 
you know, yeah. with no disrespect to actual women wrestlers, just light moves, if you know what I mean. Just like, right. uh, oh, you fl- you jumped off the top rope while I'm holding your hand. I mean, no selling, no follow through to where it looks real. Uh, and I hate to keep bringing up Lucha Underground, but I mean, those matches look not everyone because you can tell who's <laughs> you can see. I mean, there's a lot of setups in there because they do the high flying moves and they have to be in the right position to catch people so they don't die. Right, right. But I mean, a lot the set. You know, there's a big wrestling's a huge part of selling that. Shawn Michaels, HBK, uh, Scott Hall. You know, you have to sell. You have to make the other people look good. Stone Cold was good at. It. Bret Hart was phenomenal at it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, watch the Stone Cold Bret Hart I Quit match if you want to see some great A selling. Mm-hmm. That, I, that's better than any UFC fight I've ever seen. <laughs> But uh, that's just me. But anyway, yeah. So, uh, but I, 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 that's fantastic for women's wrestling because yeah. that legitimizes it to where okay, yeah, they can. Yes, they can do what you see the guys doing without being, you know, the the Amer- more so the American thought of oh, you protect them. No, yeah. they can they can get out there and do it too. I mean, UFC's all, doing it too. Yeah, yeah. When they're, they can do anything they want to do. They can do anything men do. Let's, yep. you know. You have to, but you have to prove that. And wrestling's a good place to prove that mm-hmm. because, yes, the outcome's predetermined. But sorry, if you jump off a a Titan Tron, yeah, uh, you could. That is real. <laughs> They're not <laughs> yeah. CGing. Gravity Shawn is Mike, not. Uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, Shawn McMahon floating down Shane from McMahon, the half yeah. chain. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're, they're putting they. I mean, there's a reason you hear about wrestlers dying from painkiller, you know, heart yeah. attacks and all that because it's. It's a hard life that they're doing for you week in and week out. I mean, I haven't seen any women do anything crazy on a hell on a cell yet, but someday. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it has to be going that way. If the, these matches are getting better and better like that, mm-hmm. to where they're taking the they're taking the bumps as they call them, and they're putting the time in, and they're working with each other, and you know, it need it needs that. Yeah, you know, because China got rest her soul. You know, she was just a bruiser. Yeah, she had a few moves, but I mean, she was she her she was character Goldberg. was female a, Goldberg. Yeah, basically, you know, and, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but and and she beat Jericho. Was it Jericho? No, was it Jericho or Jarrett? Jeff Jarrett. She beat one of them in a match. I think it was Jeff. Oh Jarrett. yeah, Jeff Jarrett for the belt. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, but you have to legitimize it in the ring and with the story and everything. Yeah. So, but that's a, that's good to hear that it's getting that way. So women are equal. They should be. So stop holding doors for them. <laughs> that's oh, that's my joke with Autumn. Like. You know, I am a feminist. I believe women should have every opportunity men do, but I like to joke with her. Like, you know, she'll, she'll stop by the door because I've, you know, I've always held it. And like, oh, no, I'm a feminist now. You, yeah. Why don't you, you hold the door open for me? It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, but that's, you know, jokingly, of course. Yeah. Jokingly. Uh, but moving on uh, from our wrestling, you know, uh, if we did have a wrestling podcast, what would we call it? Mm. Not to spur that on you, but I'm, as yeah. a joke, like, for this episode of the... Oh, jeez. There's so many Sedgley ways. Rumble. If <laughs> you have a funny podcast name involving our names together, let us know. Yeah, put it in a hashtag on Twitter and there you go. let us know. Uh, moving on, four matches left. Intercontinental Championship, Dima Ambrose versus Baron Corbin. I hate Baron Corbin. Uh, so I do, too, like after him. you showed me last week that his <laughs> move is basically self-rock bottoming himself. <laughs> yep. So based on that alone, I cannot support this guy. Although we were talking about it. I don't know if it was on the air or off the air last week. But... Uh, I did like his performance in the Rumble. I was like, "Oh, who's this dude?" Okay, yeah, he won pretty that, good, right? He won the uh, that other thing, the Andre the Giant Memorial. Oh, he did year. like yeah. last against last year, I guess maybe or yeah, when it, he made his debut during that match and he won it. Oh, wow! So they were that's a big ready push to put him over right yeah. there. Yeah, 
Uh, I was impressed with this, like in the ring in the Rumble. But then once mm-hmm. you said, you know, his finishing moves just like he self rock bottom. So I'm like, no way. And then you showed me the montage. I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I want to lose. Uh, and every so, time he does, I'm like, oh man, he just rock got rock bottom. Oh wait, no, he's getting up instantly. So that invalidates the rock bottom as ever hurting somebody. Exactly. Yeah. So I can't in good conscience yeah. ever pick him. Uh, then power couples collide mixed tag match. I would assume, or is it like yeah. a uh, yeah, John Cena, tag. Nikki Bella versus The Miz and Maurice uh, with Al Roker as guest ring Strangely enough, for some reason, and one of the uh, match extras is <laughs> Cena proposes to Nikki. Yeah, uh, I'm because they've been plugging the whole thing. It's like y'all aren't married, and she wants to get married and stuff. Oh, like that. yeah, it has to be the angle for it. That if, if they're why would they throw that in there they're without doing something? It. it might not. Pay that would off be the, weird. If it's like legitimate like that, but you know they're both wrestlers. That's how they met. Maybe that's yeah. the way they want to do it. Well, Macho like, Man got legitimately married in the ring, <laughs> uh, and they want to do that again. I like John Cena. Uh, I don't like the Miz. However, I think Maurice is prettier than Nikki Bella, so I'm going to go with the Miz and Maurice simply because Maurice is gorgeous. Yeah, that's my only logic for picking that winner. But yeah, Cena and Bella is going to win that. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty. Yeah, I mean, if I put money down, that's what yeah. I would say. But for my personal. <laughs> Point of view, not watching wrestling. <laughs> Maurice is hot, so she's prettier to me. She, excuse me, she's more attractive to me. I find her more yeah. attractive than Nikki Bella, who is beautiful I would hold in her own the door right. Open for her. Yes, and I would <laughs> Nikki Bella, but I would hold it open a little bit longer yeah. for Maurice. They're both very good looking. Yes, there's no doubt that John Cena. Wow, look at the butt on that. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber reference for all you youngins, but uh, yeah. <laughs> and then probably honestly the second most anticipated match for me: Commissioner versus the Phenomenal One, AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon. Yeah. Uh, I've going like TNA. One of the reasons I used to watch TNA was well, Sting was in it for a while, and uh, AJ Styles was obviously been in it. I don't know if since it started, but a long time. I, I remember him from then. Always liked him. Very talented. Very uh, almost like an HBK protege mm. in a sense. It's a shame that HBK isn't still wrestling because that would be a match yeah. uh, that I'd love to see. Uh, and of course, we all know Shane McMahon. Uh, I'm not sure Shane McMahon's condition. Because I know he's, uh, he's older, but I mean healthy. he's still in good shape. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know the plot line for this one, but uh, AJ Styles was upset that um, they gave Bray a chance to get the belt. He lost the AJ Styles lost the belt in like a three-person match. Was and it he, an elimination chamber, or was it just a? Uh, I don't remember what it was. It was whatever the last pay-per-view was. But it was just a normal I match, remember. I mean, I mean, a, th- a fatal three-way? or Yeah, yeah, it was like a... Um, triple threat match, I mean, it's triple, a fatal four-way. Yeah, it was a triple threat match, and he lost it. He wasn't pinned or anything, but the Bray Wyatt pinned uh, John Cena, I think. Hmm. Oh, and, so then whoever got the pin got the belt kind yeah, of situation? Not yeah. like the... Okay. So he was pissed off, and um, so they decided to give AJ Styles a chance to come back, and he had to um, fight Randy Orton, because Randy Orton won uh, Royal the Royal Rumble. Rumble. Yeah. And uh, but he said he wasn't going to do it. He he said I won't fight Bray. But then it was all a ruse. And so he says I'm coming for the title, Bray. And he's like, wait a second. We already told AJ he's coming for it. So they said, okay, y'all fight it out, and that's it. And uh, he lost against Randy Orton, and he got all pissed off at Shane. He's like, you call that a chance? You call that a chance? And then uh, he beat him up in the parking lot. <laughs> and so why are they making AJ Styles a little whiny bitch? <laughs> uh well, yeah. I mean, since he had the belt. It, it more and more started to become that. Started to become, you know, I'm better than everybody. You know, I am the show. Yeah. Seems like that's a, kind of that's what kind of if I remember correctly, when that sort of Seth Rollins thing when he was champ, 
initially. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like he was like, I'm the best, like, yeah. you know, the cocky you come from a, character, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, AJ uh, Styles isn't quite a heel. Um, I'd say he's still a face, you know, still. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I have. I think I'm using those terms right. Heel and face. That's face are the good guys. Heels are yeah, bad yeah. guys. That's all that. Uh, if I, I have no, again, based on what you said, uh, if AJ's, AJ's being that whiny, I hope McMahon wins. I don't think McMahon wins because he he rarely wins. <laughs> like, he does some flashy stuff, but he, he doesn't win the match. Maybe we get a victory this time. I don't know. Hey, but, no, nah, they they got to keep pushing AJ. So, I think, you know, because Shane McMahon well, has true. no interest in what's continuing. The, what's the pay-per-view after WrestleMania? Do you know? Like Battleground Just or like a, yeah, nothing yeah. special? Oh, yeah, because that's right. SummerSlam's later on. That's the next big one. That's like the big one after WrestleMania. Uh, so yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Why would they put McMahon over Styles, even if yeah, he is? Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, first of all, if he's being a little bitch, he should get his ass kicked character-wise. <laughs> but that is a good point on the back end. Uh, payback that, uh, is the next one. Meh. And it's like at the end of that, uh, at the end of next month. So it's not even that far. But that's yeah. a raw one. So the next one would be Backlash, I guess, for... SmackDown. Oh, really? So the pay-per-views will only have that pay-per-view yeah. only have Raw. See how it's red on the on the wiki page? Yeah, Raw branded event. That means only Raw characters will be in there. That's fucking dumb. So they For won't pay- cross again till SummerSlam. That's really stupid. But actually, it it allowed them to add more pay-per-views. That's why there's that two makes, in April. That would make sense because yeah. with the network, you know, like there's really is no pay-per-view, right? So to speak, they okay. still call them that, pay-per-views. Though. That actually makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, like bad blood wasn't even a thing. That's new. I don't even remember that. Um, but they actually brought back some old ones, you know. From oh, and Money in the Bank's only SmackDown. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, so maybe okay. Where's that tag team match? That was a Raw tag team match. Like Hell in a Cell is only uh, Raw. Oh wow. TLC is only SmackDown. You know stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Hardys will be coming to SmackDown, so they'll interfere. Actually, they won't come out in any of those matches because there'll be no place for them to come out. So maybe they don't appear at WrestleMania. I think they will. They need to appear for SmackDown, though, because if the, if the TLC is a SmackDown event and then the uh, <laughs> Money in the Bank's a SmackDown event, I want to see the Hardys in those events. I don't want to see them in Payback or Bad Blood because... Oh, I got you. <laughs> Edge, Christian, Hardy Boys... Well, Extreme a- Rules is Raw. That's basically the same as TLC. Yeah. Okay, well, as long as there's some TLC involved. <laughs> still some of the greatest matches of all time with those tag teams and those... Uh, but okay, I'll agree with you. AJ Styles, that would make more sense. Why would you put McMahon over yeah. if you're trying to push AJ? Yeah. Uh, and then the last one, WWE Championship, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton. I've always liked Bray Wyatt. I don't know what... I know that they've kind of dissolved the family. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, he's, he's just kind of by himself. Right so, however, I do, I'm, Randy Orton's been around for a long time. I've had my fill of him. Not that he's not talented, but I would... Just looking at it, I, I've always wanted Bray Wyatt to be a champion. So I would want him to retain he's it been over the champion, Orton. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, so is Orton. I think he's like going to win. Times. Yeah, I think Bray Wyatt's going to win. There's, uh, I don't see what Orton would do with it. Like he's kind of even, he used to be a heel, but not so much anymore. He's never really been a face though. Well, he was sort of like, like he was kind of like that, almost like The Rock, where The Rock was a heel, but you, you know, you didn't. You like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. still liked him, but to where he, actually Rock was a heel, but Orton's just sort of he's the viper. He just comes out and beats, you know, his own agenda, loose cannon, right. almost like a Stone Cold, I guess. But when he came back from injury, he was like doing smack talk in the ring, like legitimately using the mic, and then he became one of the Wyatts, and then he went back to his brooding self, 
and he's been <laughs> the same since. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, yeah, I mean, I, I would want, and my, again, my uneducated opinion is that Bray Wyatt retain. he's the current champion, correct? Bray Wyatt is, yeah. He retains. The Wyatt family, one of the things on the side is Wyatt family reunited. Maybe the Wyatts get back together, and then, ah, that's when <laughs> that's the That's what it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think that big, tall, red-headed dude is going to interfere with that match, and they're going to take down Randy Orton, and then at the very end of the show, that's when the <laughs> Please uh, be broken, Matt Hardy. Coming. Please. Yeah. I don't pay it. Whatever you got to pay TNA, Vince, oh, yeah. that character has to be in WWE. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch the uh, video or anything? Like the promo video oh, for yeah, yeah, the yeah. final deletion? God, that's so good. <laughs> we were... Uh, I think we watched it, like the piano playing and all that stuff. That was just the intro. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll show you off the air to make sure you've seen it. Yeah. But uh, we're playing Ghost Recon Wildlands with our friends, and you have a drone in it. Uh-huh. Well, my drone can heal. So, oh. like, whenever, like, when Joe got down, I'm like, don't worry, Vanguard One is coming to your rescue. Because he calls his drone Vanguard One. <laughs> and it was, I don't know, it, it cracked me up because I had a drone and I called it Vanguard <laughs> One. And it, it, made, it cracked me up thinking of Broken Matt Hardy because that is. <laughs> the best thing they've ever done. It's so funny and it's bad, but it's so bad it's good. Right. <laughs> it's just it's just fantastic. So that's it with this unnamed wrestling segment podcast yeah. for this week. So if you're a wrestling fan, you have your WrestleMania picks, let us know. Uh, and I'll give you my uneducated answer, and Jesse will give you an educated man's answer yeah, on the current the, state of uh, wrestling. PW scorecards on Twitter, um, and he probably has a link to that. I found it on Reddit. So sweet, and we'll send you a link, link Ben, so you can, or just send me a message on Facebook, and I'll send it to you. Either way, because yeah. I know you'll listen, my friend. So until next time, we talk about the Deadpool, not Deadpool, the Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Huge difference, although they do intertwine, and you'll discover that next week right here on Eighties Revisited. Cowabunga! You're who? Oh fuck! <laughs> 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 I, so until next time. <laughs> I remain Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga. Punk. This show and more on Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods.